A lot of opening game lines to talk about for the upcoming Louisville football season. We will do that on this special episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Joining me here today, my good friend, uh, co host of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, uh, also women's basketball beat writer for Cardinal Sports Zone, Sam Basden. Sam, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of bet online, there are some opening numbers uh, for the Louisville football season that I want to talk about on today's episode. We will start out talking about the over-under on wins that has been projected for Louisville. That's five and a half. We'll then transition over into the opening um, line for the Syracuse game. Louisville was a four-point favorite. And then I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about women's <laughs> basketball. So we will right. talk about what are the biggest needs for the team next season uh, so far, if there are any. Um Let's jump right on into it. Just recently, the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online, released their regular season win totals for Louisville. It was five and a half. Last year, for reference, it was six and a half. Sam, initial reaction to seeing that five and a half number kind of too high, too low, right where you expect it to be? Uh, right where I expected it to be. But I, if he does have five wins, uh, I think – most Cardinal fans, me included, would be uh, asking for his head on the chopping block, uh, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, despite his great efforts on the recruiting trail, I think, mm-hmm. if he, I think if he does have five wins this year, uh, especially with the amount of talent on offense that we are coming back, uh, the amount of players on defense that they brought in, impact players that they brought in on defense, so, and then this is what year four into the same defensive system. We right. haven't had that in, in a long time. So, if if it's five wins, I think if it's anything less than a bowl game, let's say seven wins, uh, a lot of coordination, like I said, me included, would be asking for his head on the chopping block. I get it projection wise, you know, a team that finished six and seven last season, but I do think that the fact that this team probably was a couple bad quarters away from truly being nine and three. That's why I kind of, I look at that five and a half number. I'm like, Oh, like it it just seemed a little low to me to start out just because, you know, we'll kind of take a look at the schedule. Um, It's kind of hard to truly pick out which, you know, how the team would get to, to 500, uh, assuming they go six and six. I mean, you would assume that they beat James Madison in November, right. although it's not necessarily a um, you know a, a shoe in um, South Florida, I would expect to be a victory. I think that they're going to beat Syracuse. Um, you know, oh, you look at Central Central Florida, Florida State, Boston College. I mean, I think they'll win two out of those three. So, I mean, when you when you look at that alone, I mean, I mean that's five wins right there. Uh, and obviously, I mean, they do have to go out and they have to win these games, but uh, right. it, it does get a little bit more challenging at the end of the season. I mean, I, I guess I'm a little stumped because I see why it's five and a half. But me personally, I think that we're probably looking at about seven, possibly eight wins here. But they have to be early. 
Um, non-conference schedule is a little easier than it was last year as well, not having another SEC team, but instead replacing it with, uh, I guess, James Madison. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you said, we, we have to go um, – you, you have to beat US, uh, UCF, Florida State, Syracuse, and – and James Madison as well, because like you said, at the end of the season, that what four game stretch with Clemson, NC State, and the kids up the road, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's rough. And yeah, so we, so when you look at it from a what are what are some of the games that you kind of have? Because because everybody has like different opinions. Like I know for me, the games that I kind of have circled as okay, this could really be the true parameter uh, of how good this team's going to do this season. I know for me, you know, at Virginia is one that I'm looking at, and then the two games that we arguably possibly should have won last year, and that was uh, NC State and Wake Forest. Is there a, another game that you kind of have that you're looking at that you're thinking okay? This really could dictate whether or not Louisville goes five and seven, seven and five, you know, here and there. Florida State, Boston College, Virginia. Um, I feel like we've had the talent. Like, if you can match talent most years with Florida State, you you have a talented roster. And I right. feel like we've been able to do that for the last few years, but we just it just didn't show in the win column. So I feel if we can finally put together a good game plan and execute that game plan with the talent that we have, um, depending on how we play against Florida state, uh, it'll let me know, okay, this team is legit. This team is real. uh, It's going to be different this year. And then I I say with Virginia, because for whatever reason, we always seem to play Virginia close. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we all, we have more talent for the most part than Virginia, but we just, I, I don't know what it is about, about the name Virginia, um, and then <laughs> every Boston sport. College, <laughs> every sport, every sport, and, and Boston College, um, they they transitioned last year from a run to more pass heavy offense last year, and it was kind of forget sp- their quarterback was out too, right? Yerkovec's back, so, but I, I still think, and I think they lost Zay Flowers, didn't they? Yeah, he's back. I thought they lost him. I thought he went to the transfer portal. And he was, but, he was there, like the the vibe was that he was going to, and he's like, "Nah, I'm coming back. I'm not transferring. I'm staying." And it's like, okay, okay. Well, hopefully we don't let one receiver beat us because uh, that that's his go to. And so, I, like I said, I think Florida State, Virginia, and Boston College, we have the talent on paper to beat those teams. So it is all about, like you said earlier, getting those wins early in the season because it's going to be tough sledding uh, the last half of the season. Kind of transitioning off of that, I know I know that there's some some tough games in, in this schedule, especially in that last half. Um, I had a, someone ask me recently, are there any for sure fire losses on the schedule? And I said, yeah, I think there's a couple. I think that the game against Kentucky – is going to be a surefire loss. Um, hopefully, we play them a little bit closer. But I do think that it's it's going to take some time, you know, from going from getting absolutely demoralized to truly putting a product out there that you're playing them close. Um, I don't think we match up well with Kentucky. I also think that the game against Clemson is going to be a loss. I think they're going to bounce back. The year to beat them was last year, right? And unfortunately, Clemson is probably going to have the best defense in college football, 
if DJU is able to take any step forward or if the that highly touted freshman quarterback is going to come in and do well. I mean, Clemson's a loss in my opinion. Outside of that, Sam, I don't think that there's any other game. I don't care how good Wake Forest is supposed to be. I don't care how good NC State is supposed to be. Two games last year, respectively, Louisville probably wins maybe five out of the ten times. You have both of those games at home this year. Are there right. is there anything outside of uh, do you first of all do you see Clemson and NC or Clemson and Kentucky being you know true losses and and secondly to piggyback off of that are there any more? Let me answer the second one first. No, there aren't any more true losses on the team on on this schedule because um, I think we have the talent to go with NC State and with it being at home, mm-hmm. I think that benefits us even more. Wake Forest, the same, same. For whatever reason, we we play Wake Forest close, and it's usually a pretty good game. So, and that with that being at home as well, I feel like that gives us a slight edge. Right. Outside of like you said, Clemson and the the folks up the road, those are the only legitimate losses on mm-hmm. Louisville schedule. And I don't care. I, I'm a Louisville fan. I I see things through red glasses, but we're not. We're not on that caliber, and it pains me to say that. We're a ways uh, away. Yeah, especially where it matters most in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, the the was it Tariq Thomas and and Lole like those they those guys help, but it's just going to take more than just those two players uh, in the trenches this year, at least. I, I definitely, I definitely agree, and and I do, I do agree. I think that you know, for the most part. I mean, at the end of the season, it's really going to get challenging, and it all depends on how you start if you're Louisville. And you have a great opportunity not only to start strong, but also to begin 1-0 in ACC play, which I don't think the Cardinals have dropped a conference game to start the season in terms of it being the first game of the year. In fact, I'm trying to think of how many times Louisville – I know 2014 they played Miami right out of the gate. I'm trying to think of have they played another ACC team outside of like like just, I'm trying to think of if they played an ACC team to start the year out. No, I don't. I don't think we have. I don't think so either. I think it's been we've had some very good teams on the schedule. I think Notre Dame's probably the closest. But regardless, that streak ends this upcoming season. The Cardinals will travel up to New York State to take on the Syracuse Orange, where they open up as a four-point favorite. We're going to talk about first reaction to that here in just a second. After we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, Cardinal fans, for making Locked On Louisville your first listen. For your next listen, however, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, joined with my good friend, co-host of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, women's basketball beat writer for Cardinal Sports Zone, Sam Bazin, talking a little bit about the football side of things. Uh, we talked about one bet online opening number. Another one was released probably a couple days before that. That is the opening lines for the first weekend. Cardinals open up as a four-point favorite against Syracuse. Sam, Louisville absolutely demolished Syracuse last year. 
on Lamar Jackson Day, 41-3. to What was your initial reaction to seeing the fact that they only opened up as a four-point favorite? That even though he's not here, there's still a Lamar, Lamar Jackson effect. Because <laughs> we basically have the same set of players outside of a few here and there uh, coming back. Right. And you, you would think another year in the system, offense and defense, uh, the players would get better and things like that. Even though it's on the road, I, I, I don't think it makes up for only a four-point victory spread. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at some of these lines. I mean, the lines aren't that far away. Like, I get it. You try to be conservative. Could the lines change after people it, it make their bets? They will, but I can't see them changing that much. For you, let's say you got the opportunity to set the line here. What's a comfortable, um, you know, how how many points would you be willing to spot the Syracuse Orange if you were making the lines? Ten and a half. I feel, I feel because, like you say, they always give the home team three. So mm-hmm. I think Louisville is at least a two touchdown favorite. Should be a, a two touchdown favorite. Um, but you also have those weird Kirks that happen in between the game and things like that. But I still think, regardless, Louisville should be mm-hmm. at least a ten and a half favorite going into this game. But to see it so low at four, it. They must makes know me, something that we don't. Makes me want to drive over to Indiana and just hammer the spread. I would. Uh, if you're listening, go ahead and do that right now because uh, uh, yeah, first thing in the morning, go ahead and do that. do that. Definitely do that. I want to read this off to you. It's from um, uh, James Parks, uh, who's a staff writer at Sports Illustrated. He ranked um, you know the ACC teams ahead of the season. Obviously, this is not gospel. This is not fact. This is just mere opinion, but I loved his rationale behind some of these. For reference, I think he had Louisville a little low. He had Louisville at seven um, behind North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Um, but he had Syracuse third last or you know, third worst. He had him at 12. Here's where his rationale was. Dino Babers comes into what could be a defining season for his tenure at Syracuse. The head coach only had one winning season out of six and comes in under pressure to correct a record that includes just 15 wins in 50 ACC appearances. He goes on to say in the last paragraph, Syracuse fielded the league's fourth-worst total offense a year ago and mustered under 150 air yards per game, the ACC's worst mark. The best this Orange team has is according a 30% chance to finish bowl eligible according to prediction models. I get it. Garrett Schrader has one year wiser in Dino Baber's system. Still not necessarily a good quarterback. They did, however, add Florida transfer. Uh, I think it's a Carlos Del Rio Wilson is his name. So would definitely give um, Garrett Schrader a run for his money in terms of starting position. But Sam, I really, really have a tough time justifying the fact that this Syracuse team is, unless we see vast improvement. Look, it's week one. It is. Louisville is returning a good amount of guys from last year's team, including Malik Cunningham. It's not like they're having to throw in a new quarterback. I just, it, it, I don't know what they see, except I, for they're just being conservative. I don't know what they what, what he's seen either because it, like I, I don't want to disrespect him. Like I don't want to disrespect right. Syracuse, but I'm also like, if there's one win on this schedule in the ACC. It's not. It's the opening it's game against Syracuse. Right. 
So, so what what I'm hearing uh, what I'm hearing from him is he thinks that the middle of the pack, the back to the middle of the pack is very very little separation. I I'm also hearing that he thinks that he trusts and thinks that because it's Dino Bevers uh prove it yeah so to speak or he's coming into pressure that he's going to his he's going to excel. You know how they say pressure makes diamonds or burst pipe things like that. So I feel like he's trying to say that because Dino Bevers going to be under pressure, he's going to excel. And that's fine. He can excel, but in his coaching strategy and his adjustment. But what about the execution? Does that transfer from coach to players? Well, Sam, let me let me ask you this: Could you make the argument that Scott Satterfield is under more pressure than Dino Babers? Considering considering this, I think if Syracuse wins like six games, he's fine. Now, because let's see the bar. Set for expectations for Syracuse is probably like this, and Louisville's probably like this because six wins. You you ask the Louisville fan base, what does Scott Satterfield have to win in year four? A lot of people seven. will tell you. A lot of people seven. will tell you seven. I think it's probably around the six area, which is is probably what I'm okay with seeing what year five has to hold. But a lot of people have seven. I would venture out and say if you ask Syracuse fans. Where do you want to see Dino Babers? They're probably thinking, let's just get bowl eligible. Bowl eligible, yeah. So I think as much, and I agree with you, there is pressure on Dino Babers because if not, I think the only reason he probably hasn't got fired is because his buyout clause is so much. Scott Satterfield's got a lot of pressure too, but year uh, year one, game one, a, a team that and I don't think you can overlook the fact that Louisville has just had Syracuse's number since Dino Baber has. Dino Baber, Dino Babers has has taken over for the Orange program. So I and I think that having the continuity there, Malik Cunningham just looking very very solid in that game. I, I'm interested to see year one could that work against the Cardinals in the fact that Syracuse was such a good running team last year. Sean Tucker was one of the best running backs in the country yards per game. Louisville completely took away that aspect of the game. They did. It makes you wonder. Could they do that again? Like, if you play that game the very next week, are they having that same amount of success? And that's kind of the question that I have, and that might be one of the reasons why, yeah, you can base a lot of it off of this team winning 41-3, to but I guess you just never know. You never know. So never know. That's, that's kind of where we're at. But, hey, last segment of the show, I would be foolish if we didn't talk women's basketball with the guy who I trust more about women's basketball uh, analysis than anyone out there in, in the Louisville community. No disrespect to anybody out there. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, obviously you're not going to hear the um, um, automatically implemented advertisements that are on the audio version. If you're listening to it, stay tuned. You will join back here in just a second. But for the final segment of the show, Flying By, with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder and women's basketball beat writer Sam Bazin. And Sam, women's basketball in the offseason. Jeff Walls last year made some very, very solid additions, to say the least. Emily Ingsler, um, the fourth overall pick in the draft. Chelsea Hall, a very, very solid you know, grad option at point guard. Um, this season, what does he go out and do? Well, he says, you know what? The best recipe for scouting other players is the players that you have played against. Morgan yes. Jones, who has made it her mission to tear Louisville up every time she's played, and also Chrislyn Carr, who is definitely no slouch, does, did some great stuff at Syracuse um, in her career. 
Um, I, I honestly think that, you know, backcourt-wise, it's probably better than it was last year. Um, that, that's saying a lot, though, when you lose Kiana Smith and, and Chelsea Hall. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it does seem, you know, you lose Alana Smith, um, you lose some other girls to transfers like Romani Parker, etc. From what I'm getting is that they may have another spot if they so choose to utilize it. Let's just say for for this hypothetical that they do have an open spot. Is there a biggest need? Is there a glaring need that you're looking at that you're thinking, okay, Jeff Walls needs to address this, or are we kind of you know solidly rounded? Uh, guard. Uh, really? Okay. Yes, because I was I was fully expecting uh, when I when when we got the news that Alana Smith was coming back, that she would step into a bigger, more prominent role this year because she has all of the tools. She can hit the outside jumper. She can get to the lane. Just beat just about anyone she's going up against one on one, and she's great on defense. Right. Um, so I it just felt like if you could see towards the late latter half of the season, she started to come along, and we started to see why she was like the best JUCO player. So. Right. Um, and then we got Carr, and that's like, yes, that's that's the back backcourt mate that we needed. And then only to hear that we lost Alana Smith to uh, transfer, it, it kind of stung. And I'm like, well, who are we gonna get? Because we need another guard. Like, you know, I, I you know Peyton Peyton can handle the ball. So can Macasa handle the ball, uh, but they're not guards. They're not point guards. Um, and I think Coach Walls needs another guard. Um, it doesn't need to be a shooting guard. It doesn't need to be a point guard. She can be a point guard or a combo guard. But Just he, does, yes, because um, I, it's it's just a clear need because we 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 get everything else covered. To be honest with you, um, especially I mean he knocked it out of the park with Emily Inkster last year, and then this year when we got Jones, I was like, wow. It, because <laughs> I, I wondered where the scoring was going to come from because we lost Kiana Smith, we lost Engsler. So I, I wondered where the scoring was going to come from and instant offense right there with Morgan Jones. And with her energy and effort on the defensive end, her length, her athleticism, it, it's going to be a lot of track track meets um, with this Louisville team and which coordination loves and so does Josh, uh, Jeff Waltz. But, well, scratch that. He just loves to win. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care how he does it, slow, fast, whatever. Right. Uh, he just wants to win. But I, I think our glaring need is just a guard. Um, mm-hmm. I, I look forward to seeing year two with Peyton Verhulst, um, year three of Olivia Cochran and Haley Van Lith. Like those those two right there, those three, uh, I think is going to go ahead and, and push us over the top because we know what Morgan Jones is going to go give us as well as Carr. But we just need another guard to pair with – um, Van Lith and Carr. I agree with that sentiment. Uh, I would definitely not be opposed to to getting another guard. In, in my opinion, I think um, really there, there's a couple different um, aspects I, I might improve. I think first for the for the for, for the I can't even speak for the most <laughs> part. You know, I, I think that this team is really um, shaping up pretty nicely. I mean, I, you can't um, underestimate the growth that Haley and, and Olivia are going to have in year three. I think Haley's going to take a next step forward to being a true number one scorer. Uh, Morgan Jones gives you kind of like the Emily Ingsler vibes of in terms of that athleticism and toughness. Um, Chrislyn Carr, uh, dare I say, I feel like might be a little bit of an upgrade over Chelsea Hall. 
uh, just a tad bit. Um, but re- replacing Kiana Smith is tough. You know, three point shooting. A lot of it's going to rely on players like Narika Kono, um, Peyton Verholst to really kind of fill that void in terms of perimeter shooting. Um, my biggest concerns. There's kind of two of them. Number one, it's rim protection. Um, I would love to go out and get a solid rim protector. Um, you know, you know, six four, six five, kind of like another Liz Dixon, because um, as good as Olivia Cochran is, and, and as you know, tough as she is on the interior, we saw in the Final Four last year why things can get a little tough when you don't have that size. Now, admittedly, Aaliyah Boston is is not your everyday um, right. post presence, but we also saw it with uh, Naz Hillman uh, from Michigan, who who kind of got her away. So. Uh, perimeter de- or perimeter defense, interior defense, but I also wouldn't mind to add another athletic stretch big, um, you know, that can step out and, and hit the deep ball, but just a, an overall solid defender and can put it on on the floor and attack the basket, kind of like Emily did. Um, because right now, when I look at the starting lineup, I'm thinking, okay, you have Carr, Van Lith, Morgan Jones, um, probably Cochran at the five. Who's the four? You know, you're are, are you going with an imp- an unproven freshman like Ziana Walker? Um, you know, are are you going to you know play a four guard lineup uh, with Morgan Jones kind of playing at the four? I doubt it. Um, so that's kind of where I am. Is I, there's a lot of question marks at the four with this team? Is Alexia Mobley is, is she going to be able to step into that role? Um, you know, at six foot two or so and play you know kind of the the four the hybrid three. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, maybe maybe even Jalen Brown, uh, yeah. Nyla Harris, but it, he is he has so much depth at that forward wing position that I, I feel like through practice and through game game repetition he'll find his mix. Um, right. So I'm I, like I understand why you would want. I agree with you. I understand why you want the uh, post presence because mm-hmm. in, in recent years that's been the difference between national championship contenders and pretenders. And so I, we do need another big, but I feel like the combination of, of Cochran and Dixon should be able to get it done for us this year, um, providing we don't run into Aaliyah Boston again until the uh, championship game. But she's hopefully not at all. Hopefully well, not the player at all. That's even better. So, but – and – but that's that's why I just felt like we needed another guard, and and I don't want to I don't want to push or throw Walker into there just yet. But let's be I mean I'll be honest with you she she was really really good she should have been one of the best one of the top ten players if it wasn't for some injuries uh, mm-hmm. during the last couple of years. So we'll see. I trust Coach Waltz. I know you I do, do too, too because because he has done nothing else but prove time and time again why he's one of the best in in okay. uh, college basketball. So, but I just felt like we needed another guard um, just to put my mind at ease. Um, but I can I can see why you would want a wing, and I could definitely see why you would prefer uh, more of a interior presence on, especially on defense. It sounds like our conversations really just. Whatever he adds is icing to the cake. Yes. Basically kind of getting that sentiment. But, I mean, obviously this team is going to be primed for another deep postseason run. And I'm so – I'm 
I, I don't like to wish things early, but I'm I'm still excited. Like I'm excited for women's basketball next season because it's, it's going to happen. We are going to get over that hump eventually. This is this program is going to win a national title. It's it just will. a matter of when. So, um, but hey, Sam, definitely appreciate you for hopping on, especially at a late notice. Do me a favor before you get out of here. Plug us into your social media. Give any lasting thoughts. Uh, you can find me and anything that I got to post about Cardinal Sports Zone at at on Twitter at baseboy124 or at Cardinal Sports Zone. And um, my final thoughts are: I first off, I appreciate you for letting me for giving me this opportunity here. Yeah. Like you say, it doesn't matter. Anytime you need me to just pop in and fill out fill in for you, no problem at all. Just just say the word. Um, but go ahead and uh, continue to go ahead and pay attention to Cardinal Sports Zone and uh, Locked On Lou with with that. Adulted. Yeah, man. Thanks again, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Do yourself a favor, make your second listen locked on NBA Big Board with your host Rafael Barlow. You get that on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. But hey, that's gonna wrap up this I guess you can say Saturday edition of the show. Weird, like special Saturday edition of the show. Right. Same Saturday. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you back here very soon.